0: We go. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. This is Jay Alejandro and Maddie, and this podcast is "Our Kids Asleep." I think mm-hmm. is that the name That's of it. Okay, called? yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has. How have you been good? You know, since we live in the same house together, you know, <laughs> we might go into separate rooms every now and then. <laughs> uh In case you weren't aware, or in case you forgot, we kind of like to hang out every. Weekend and try to catch up, but we haven't had the chance to do so. Uh, what are we going to talk about first?
1: The Oscars that's going on, yeah,
0: yeah. That soundboard is coming, guys. I promise. Uh, the Oscars are tonight, and I really feel indifferent about it. It's kind of sad, but what about you? How do you feel about it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I felt indifferent about them for a while, but I just have a hard time. I have a hard time seeing movies, so that kind of makes the Oscars difficult to appreciate when it, you haven't the movies. It goes out the, the window, movies.
0: yeah. I I do feel a little bit heartbroken about it because that was probably one of my favorite things to do when I was a kid. Even I think when I was about 9 or 10 years old, I became aware of the Oscars and I just said, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. I'm going to keep up to date. My two favorite things were going to Smith's to the, uh, the rental place mm-hmm. that they had in there and look at all the new titles see who directed it see who wrote them who starred in them and memorize all the names of those people and see who won you know and i would place my my bets in my mind and it was such an important thing that now it's just kind of like eh, it's it's a thing it happens mm-hmm. it exists mm-hmm. so i don't know i
1: think like the most feelings i have about it is like oh brad pitts number one. Like that's cool, I guess that he won tonight. Yeah, that was kind of never baffling. won for acting.
0: Yeah. Oh. oh, it's okay. It's just me. I was oh, pushing okay. buttons. I um, apologize. Yeah,
1: he's never won for acting, and so I guess he won tonight for.
0: Kind of surprising. Like it's the dude's been time. around for a while, and uh, the his last previous one is I think Benjamin Button. I think he was nominated for that, mm-hmm. and then he was nominated for supporting actor for. 12 Monkeys like back in the 90s so it's been a a long road for him but he's been doing a lot of good things behind the scenes he's been producing and he did win an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave Uh, so I thought that was pretty awesome Mm -hmm. Uh, and really that's about the latest that I have on that I mean I think I've only seen one or two of the movies that have been nominated Um, I haven't seen Joker yet Mm -hmm. shocker um it's not a family movie so it's not really on my (laughs) radar right now
1: the only one i've seen is jojo rabbit i think yeah i don't know i don't know all of them that are nominated but i know jojo rabbit yeah
0: we'll check it out so i think that we we must have a show on the oscars or maybe some of our favorites you know once we uh once we catch up Mm -hmm. because that tends to be the uh, the goal for us right 10 years. 10 years. I think that's a reasonable time frame. You know, by the time we get to episode number 600 or whatever, that's where we're going to be. I feel
1: like once our son is old enough to see yeah. movies that are nominated for Oscars.
0: Yeah. But that's the battle. I mean, we really want to get to that point where where well, we can like, show him the good
1: stuff. It's like 10 years from now. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. The good shit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll get back to you guys on that. And uh, let's get talking about the more immediate stuff that's on our minds. What's on our mind right now?
1: Um, You wanted to talk about date nights.
0: Yeah, we had a date night, okay? This is a a really important thing that we got to highlight right now. I just wanted to bring it up because this month of January, it feels like, you know, that trash can that was on fire in that meme? That's how I felt leaving 2019. And I thought that, you know, magically the 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 fire would kind of burn out just as New Year came along, but it seems like the trash can just kinda of went along still it, on fire. It
1: rolled into twenty twenty. Yes, it's still it just, on
0: fire. Yeah. And and so like the first three weeks of twenty twenty have been rolling into into just uh the the perpetual chaos of of all the many things that we're doing and to get to have a date night like we did yesterday. Mm-hmm i think was was godsend a uh, heaven sent thing mm. and i just wanted to take a moment to remind people uh whether you're in relationships or not you need to have one day a month where you just chill the hell out and shut down from everything and it feels like that's kind of what we did this weekend we kind of disconnected in a way and we focused on our household ourselves and 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 us and it was the coolest thing ever and i really missed doing that so that was yeah pretty awesome
1: yeah i think it's important um when your parents in particular because most of your time is spent thinking about someone else yeah um and so it's nice to have a chance to focus on yourself focus on each other Mm -hmm. and you know my parents are really great about um, offering. I mean, right and, and it's big. it's nice, too, because I don't feel afraid to ask either. But um, sometimes they just, you know, out of the kindness of their hearts, just <laughs> offer out of the blue like they did yesterday. And um, I don't know. It was nice. It was our, like, anniversary week. Not yeah. wedding anniversary, just dating anniversary. But... um so I that forgot that to of...
0: bring up the Monet thing too, so we're gonna have to talk oh. about that as soon as we're done with this. Yeah.
1: Um. um so yeah, like, you know, we you know, we've been together what, fourteen years, I think is the the um yeah. the anniversary and 14. our our like being together anniversary. And so um, you know, we got to Spend the evening together. We went to a Thai restaurant in town.
0: Yeah. Also, this this episode is brought to you by Thai Kitchen. <laughs> we wish uh, probably the, the one some of the best food that you'd have here in uh, Casper that's yeah. available to you. So check it out. It's very good. It's incredible.
1: So Fulfill dreams. Yeah, we did that, and you know, we went home and we chilled out and had some drinks. And sorry. And we um, watched like four hours of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So <laughs> that, was,
0: <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. But regardless, I mean, in, in spite of, the, of everything, you know, we just got to chill. We just got mm-hmm. to relax and, and let go of everything. Mm-hmm. And we forget how precious those moments are.
1: Yeah, and also just having time where you don't have to be a parent for a few hours, you know. It's...
0: Yeah, just just a couple, you know. We yeah. still have our son more than anything in the world, but having that time was, was just precious, so mm-hmm. please find some time. Yeah. And I got to tell this story about the Monet thing mm-hmm. because it just completely devastated me, <laughs> but it, there, it was hilarious, too, so we found out about the monet exhibit that was going on in denver and it was going to be the largest uh american showcase of monet's work in the last 20 years or something the collection was gathered from all over the world there are going to be you know pieces from private collections you know from europe from here there and everywhere and me being just a complete idiot you know i waited waited such a long time to get it because i You know, even though I knew that it was something that that I thought that Maddie would really love, that I thought that, you know, you would really, really just be blown away by. And I knew that it would be like the perfect Valentine's Day and anniversary present. I waited and I waited and I waited. So sure enough, we got to December, right? I think it was the beginning of January and they were sold out Mm -hmm. completely. Like the run was was just completely.
1: I was kicking myself, too, because I had looked at like the hotel packages. Yeah. And we selling, talked about it. Yeah. yeah we and talked about it. They were selling tickets along with the hotels. And that was when I realized that it's a ticketed event and not just something you can walk into like most museum exhibits.
0: Right. But we still had enough time and we, and we just kind of like nonchalantly kind of talked about it, like noncommittally. And we said, that would be really awesome. That'd be really cool. And then I was like, Oh, that's my chance. That's my end to get you a freaking awesome, uh, anniversary present. So, Sure enough, the time went, and by the time I got around to doing things, it was sold out. And I was so mad at myself that, you know, on my breaks and at lunchtime, I was looking at the website, looking on Reddit, looking on Craigslist, looking everywhere to see if I could find a ticket for, you know, the last couple of weeks. And it took about a week or so of me just kind of looking and... and getting real demoralized until I went back to the main website where they sold the tickets. And I just said, you know what? I'll give it another go. So I looked at the the booking calendar that said what dates were available. And they had from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. completely sold out, all of them. And as I was about to give up, I hit the refresh button. And for whatever fucking reason, I don't know what happened, two tickets became available for the last showing at this last Sunday. And I felt like God just inhabiting my body. I felt (laughs) like uh, it was just a real, a real epiphany. And I hovered for just a moment. And before I knew it, I paid for those tickets. We got that scheduled in the probably what, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And we were just over the moon that we were going to get to see him. And What happened? Sure enough, God came and shat on my face and (laughs) said, You're not going to go because I'm going to send a horrific storm your way. And we got snowed in. Mm -hmm. And I called the lady at the museum and I said, Have your fucking tickets back. (laughs) There is no God. He did. Do you know how hard I work for those fucking tickets? Do you know the struggle?
1: Well, at least they were kind enough to give us our money back. Generally, they, they don't do refunds. You just yeah. consider it a donation you and made I think, to the museum.
0: I think she relished the fact that um, that she was going to get to sell some tickets because I said, you know, well, I hope somebody enjoys them. And she said, oh, they surely will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck me. Thanks. That's, that's great. Yep. That's great well, to hear. but I
1: did want you. That's why I wanted you to call when you did because I knew, you know, some, you know, poor schmuck who yeah. really wanted to take his girlfriend to the Monet exhibit was gonna get to. Yeah, so. there's
0: there's a lot of us out there who procrastinate and <laughs> wait till the last minute. So if I can pass on some fatherly advice to any of you young uns, please don't fucking wait. Just make some plans like a real adult well, instead I, of it's, yours truly.
1: It's funny because I was uh I was talking to my the girl does my hair And she had been in Denver recently, and she said, yeah, have you ever been to the art museum? And I was like, no, not the Denver one. And. She's Like, yeah, my boyfriend and I just happened to be down there one weekend and we walked. We were going to go to the art museum just on a whim, and a guy walked out and said, Hey, do you want my two Monet tickets? I can't go. And they were like, Great,
0: that's crazy. And they had man.
1: no idea what they were walking into. And she was like, It was amazing. And I was like, That's great. Who's Monet? Yeah, it, I was like, <laughs> But it was just so funny. Like, yeah. yeah, anyway,
0: but but that's the beautiful thing. I mean, um, I I do believe that the, the intention doesn't go unnoticed and that's that's really what I mean why I'm so grateful that yeah. uh, in spite of my shortcomings, uh, I think you, you took it quite well. And <laughs> it wasn't anybody's I, fault.
1: Yeah. Even if just, you'd bought just, them six months ago, we still would have ended up not yeah, going. It, it's so. it's always a
0: chance when you when you yeah. schedule well, uh, we were and just, you live in Wyoming. We
1: were just talking about how this time exactly to the day last mm-hmm. year. We were in Denver seeing Christina at the Comedy Works, and it was sixty degrees. Yeah, gorgeous weather. It's just like you just never know what the weather's going to do. So
0: that's that's part of life. You got to take your chances. (laughs) But as for me, I mean, I'm ready to move on and to enjoy something else. We'll head down there to see uh, Tom York to see Tom York, and that'll be pretty amazing. Hopefully, God will be on a good mood that day. (laughs) We'll see.
1: You're talking a lot about God and how He's controlling the weather. Well, you
0: know, I. I I'm just uh, uh, still Catholic at heart, and and those tendencies just kind of come back. Not that I want them to, but they just frolic back into my life, you know, like childhood trauma. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. I, but I don't know. Like maybe after this weekend, I'm just feeling really honest and and just open. Mm-hmm. You know how this these first three weeks I was just kind of run, walking around like like hunchbacked you know with the burden of life and, and a really existential kind of uh-huh. kind of grief and then all of a sudden something good happens and i'm back mm-hmm. to normal you know like a psychopath just like back and forth <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> feeling down feeling high feeling okay
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah but any anyway what well, we were going to talk about something else but anyway go on dates people enjoy yourselves
1: yeah even if you don't have kids like It's so easy to get caught in the, you know, the doldrums of everyday, you know, work, home, work, home, gym, work, home. You know, it's just, it's really easy to get stuck in that, in that tedium. Mm -hmm. And it's a good idea to, to break out of it. Go to a restaurant you haven't gone to before, you know, go see a movie you're both wanting, you know, go just go do something together and spend time together. Right. You know, if you're single, grab a friend, go to, you know have dinner. Like...
0: Live your best life. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. It's a celebration. <laughs> yeah. So we were going to talk about Iowa before it got too too crazy, right? Were we going to do that today? Yeah. Okay.
1: You mean before it got too far in the
0: past? Yeah, yeah. Before it got too, too crazy. So as you know, the Democrats went and shat on the bed by the name of Iowa. And it was i don't know do you feel demoralized did you feel a little demoralized when all this happened or do you want to backtrack and explain exactly um, what happened i'm sure that our our friends yeah i'm sure nobody's exactly um, what's happening i'm sure
1: nobody's not in the know but um essentially like the the, Dem- the dnc botched the iowa caucus and you know they tried to use this app that no you know was not tested properly and of course it didn't work and You know, we still don't have a final count of who won the Iowa caucus, and we probably won't ever have a final count. And um, so Pete Buttigieg was claiming victory, and then Bernie was claiming victory. And so it was just like, uh, yeah, it was a mess, And, and nobody knew what was happening, and it just feels like... Like, what a great way to start off this process with just fucking it up royally. Yeah. So, yeah, I did feel a little bit demoralized in that aspect. Um, But I do think having the perspective of how it went down last time in that Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucus. Right. In 2016. And we all know how that ended up. So, um, I do think that it's important. I don't think that it's unimportant. But... um, We also have to remember that it's extremely early in the process, and this is not a weather vein. This is not how it's going to end. So I think we need to keep that in mind, whoever you support, and to just continue to stay informed. And that's something that I was thinking about the other day, was that, yes, I support Yang Mm full-heartedly, but I also understand the realism the reality that he may not make it very Um, likely on Tuesday. I mean, it it could be be as early as Tuesday that, that we know one way or the other. And so for me, um, it's kind of having to go down the list of who's still in Mm -hmm. at that point and figuring out who I can support and feel okay about it. Um, you know, and that's going to be difficult because I think, Each candidate has their, you know, their, their policies and their, their, their good things. And then there's, uh, you know, there's things that are sort of like that that I can't reconcile with some of them. And so I'm really going to have to do some research and figure out who I can, you know, in what order do I, you know, because in Wyoming we have a caucus. So, and they're, they've changed the rules for our caucus so that we now have to rank our Which top is, five. It's top, great. I think it's yeah. top five. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really going to have to think about that. And I, I would prefer not to go to the actual caucus. And so I think we're, we're going to try to vote early yeah. and submit early um, just for yeah. convenience sake. Cause we're allowed to do that. So,
0: and I was really interested in becoming a, um, what do you call it? Like somebody who would be canvassing for Andrew Yang. If, if I were able to have that opportunity, I think that would be, that'd be really cool. But our, our caucus is so far ahead that mm-hmm. he might not be viable by the time we get to that. But I'm still holding out hope that some good things will, will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been donating. We have been active. But in terms of Iowa itself, I, I just looking back on the anticipation, it was just a wonderful example of the, the echo chamber that that happened online. Because, you know, you know, I'm on the Andrew Yang subreddit. I follow Andrew Yang on Twitter and the Yang Gang community. So a lot of the the buildup to the caucus was through that lens, like through what the Yang gang was actually saying. And I, I want to kind of invest my emotions into that because it was just such an overwhelming bit of positivity where we all believe that he could be, you know, it was a no-brainer like that he was going to be getting at least a, a 4%, 5%, enough to get one national delegate. That's pretty much what we were banking on. And for... Andrew Yang to have been pretty much caucusing, or not caucusing, but but present in Iowa for the last three years, knowing that it would come down to that day and for the DNC to do that and botch it at such a level, it really took, a, uh, took the wind out of the sails of that campaign in particular. And whether that was tactical or not, I mean, are I'm- there,
1: Are there conspiracies that it was? Well, yeah,
0: but I'm after the behavior of like people like Tom Perez and and the main folks in in the, the DNC. I'm inclined to start believing some of that shit because it's very calculated. And you look at the the individuals who benefited, the candidates who benefited from that shit show, mm-hmm. and in particular, Pete Buttigieg was front and center of that that debacle. Um, there's there's been some um, theory that Pete. Buttigieg had some connection to the app that was put together to organize the caucus. And, you know, of course, he was the first one to declare victory before anything else was reported. He reported on that same night before anything was ever released. So you're already planting these seeds, you know, with this poor marketing, whether there was in fact a conspiracy or not. The process is completely fucked up right now and it's completely tainted. So for people like, P. Buttigieg to come out and say, I, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm feeling pretty good tonight. Feeling pretty good because there's a chance that we we did a lot of good stuff. And then there were some comments where um, a lot of people who were on, like, boots on the ground for Andrew Yang and Bernie Sanders and people like that, they saw that They were getting pretty much their votes were getting counted into other people's Mm -hmm. pools. And that's coming back to the main issue of the caucusing system, which is just a complete shit show. Mm -hmm. It should we should not have caucuses in this day and age. It's laughable that we run a democracy like that, where when you're getting people together on the ground level and then. Some candidates aren't viable. They have to go over, or if there's a tie, you have to do a fucking coin flip mm-hmm. to decide where the voters are going to go or where those numbers are going to go. I mean, it's yeah. it's laughable it's and not, it's disgraceful.
1: It's not democratic at all. And
0: yeah, I I wonder if, however, if the DNC is actually going to do something about it and move Iowa. To be later on mm-hmm. in the process because that was sort of like their claim to fame that they were jumpstarting the candidates who were faltering or, you know, pretty much just setting the tone for the whole election. And now what the DNC did is they just completely fucked this up beyond belief that their image is going to be very hard to recover from. Mm-hmm. And I can I can leave it there, but I'm not going to. I'm going to add one more thing where I'm going to say. Depending on what happens in these next two, if somebody like Andrew Yang or Bernie, Bernie less so than Andrew Yang, but if Andrew Yang doesn't make it as the Democratic candidate, Donald Trump will be reelected. This is my prediction. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to say it right now. What is it? It's the 9th, the 9th of February of 2020. I'm saying that if Andrew Yang is not the candidate, Donald Trump will win a second term, without a doubt. Even with Bernie, there, are, there is a danger because there's not enough. I,
1: to be honest, especially with Bernie, in my opinion.
0: Because of, I mean, it, it's that that echo chamber thing that we're talking about. It's happening a lot on the right, but there are some, some moments where the folks on the left are, are doing the exact same thing and they're not looking beyond the immediate areas or pockets of progressive, you know, um, behavior, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you look at the, the nation as a, as a whole, we need to turn back some of the Midwest mm-hmm. to win this election yeah. a little bit. And I don't know what the answer is. I mean, my, my hope is that Andrew Yang will, will still get it. And based on the debate, I'm not feeling too optimistic, but I think that I'm, I'm hoping for a surprise Yeah, that at least he can get fourth place in, um, in New Hampshire. And that will jumpstart the campaign again, what was hoped out of Iowa. But uh, we can open um, it up to the other candidates as well if you wanted to talk about that.
1: Yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I feel concerned when I hear things like, if Andrew Yang is the the candidate, I will vote for him. If anyone else is the candidate, I will vote for Trump. Mm -hmm. That is worrisome to me that yeah. means that there's a lot of voters particularly in the middle of this country yeah who have zero faith in the democratic party mm-hmm. because andrew yang is not a typical democrat so I, I mean yes he's a progressive but he's not a typical progressive
0: he's, he's more libertarian in yeah. in some stances but i think that it is, it is the only way to move forward. Yeah. Um, but the core of the message, I think, still rings true to the democratic spirit of helping those in need, of being able to open up democracy to just about everyone. And how can you not get behind a candidate who is looking to lift everyone out of poverty, regardless of whether they can work or not, regardless of, of what their economic value is? I mean, I just can't get over that. You look at that. And he's providing theories as to how he can he can provide funding for that that are actually achievable and trying to to present a message that is bipartisan in nature to unite the country again i really don't know what better proposal you can make to the american people than that yeah but we can we can discuss the other candidates too i mean L- listening to the last debate, which took place just a couple of days ago, um, I-, I have to sort of eat my words on this, and I- I'm really curious what you're going to think, but um, listening to Amy Klobuchar, she came off really well in that debate.
1: Yeah, I thought so, too. She um, She
0: came off more personable in that debate.
1: Yeah, I really yeah. think she's... I don't know if she's just worked on it or if she's just getting more comfortable to being in the spotlight. Mm. Um, I mean, she's in the Senate, but, you know, she's not like a really high-profile senator. So Mm -hmm. I don't think she's really used to this much attention. And so I Mm. think it was probably um, maybe jarring and, like, difficult to deal with. But I feel like in that debate, she really... Um, she had a lot of interesting things to say, and I felt like she was very articulate. And i I was half listening to the debate at that point, like uh-huh. when they did their their closing remarks. Mm-hmm. And I thought that her speech, out of all of them, in the last closing remarks, was a showstopper. Yeah, like she I- had really. It was it was one of those speeches where I was like, "Wow!" Like that was presidential.
0: Right, because there w- there were those two two elements that she was bringing up that I think were were working in her favor that night, and that's, um, her trying to to use a very political sort of blanket statement of like, I'm from the Midwest myself. I know what the you know the working class people are thinking, and that you can take it or leave it. I mean, I was like, well, you you know, you're doing what you can. That's that's something that could could sell to you mm-hmm. know the Midwest people that you're trying to to bring into the Democratic coalition or the 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 voting coalition, I guess that you need to win the presidency. But like the, the other aspect is that part of it of, of like, she has the experience to actually do things or, Mm -hmm. or collaborate with, with people, hopefully in a bipartisan way. Um, I think she does fall into the same pitfalls of everybody else that she wants to blame Trump for everything, you know? And while that's undeniable, it's his fucking fault, you know, like it's the, the division of this country it has been just sort of he's been the gasoline to the fire of of discord and division in mm-hmm. this country. You can't deny that because of the way that he talks about this shit. But by taking that bait, her and the other the other candidates, uh, it it's just it's a complicated thing to try to overcome because all of us are upset in some way. A lot of us on the left um, it's hard to let that shit go. Mm-hmm. But at some point in time, we have to unite the country again. And I don't know what the right way to do it is. Um, but coming back to it and she, she did a really good job, I thought, um, uh, but still had some bits of it. So I, I kind of would consider her, you know, in, to some degree, whether the rest of the country would, I don't yeah. really think so yet. I really don't know. Yeah. Um, but, it's better than fucking Biden. Better than you know, even Elizabeth Warren to some degree. Does, I don't believe has the, the kind of appeal that would galvanize people to go and vote, and that's yeah. the problem.
1: The only the, the the silver lining I can see if Andrew Yang isn't isn't or isn't the candidate is a possible VP proposition. Um, yeah. you know, I don't. I'm not exactly sure if that would draw people in you know draw in the people that were like I'd vote for Yang but not Bernie but if it was Bernie if it was Sanders Yang would you vote for that like I don't know I don't even know right. if that was something that would that would work
0: well like you were saying the Yang gang quote co- like group that coalition is anything and everything right you're talking about all ends of the political spectrum that are not being counted in in the metrics of the DNC and the polling so you're talking about libertarians republicans democrats and everything in between mm-hmm. so a lot of those people were not going to be voting for democrats anyway yeah i mean we're hopeful that that more democrats can join this group of people but at the same time it's just going to be really difficult yeah. to to bring new voters with right. this group of candidates except for andrew yang because even the DNC, or, or they were reporting in this last week leading up to the, or after the Iowa caucus shit show happened, they had the lowest, they had some of the lowest um, entry numbers of, of people who actually showed up. It was in the, like, upper 100,000s, 100, like 170,000 people, like, showed up to the event as opposed to when Obama was was, like, in 2008, 2007, around that time. He was over like 200,000 hmm. and they had a substantial drop in people who were interested. There's just no interest in the after, candidates.
1: After the 2016 election? Or, in, in or, the, in no, t-
0: it, it was in, in the 2008 caucusing of Iowa. No,
1: but the, the substantial drop happened when? In
0: 2016.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, it happened in 2016. And with this new one, there, w- there was a drop. It, it didn't meet you know the expectation they thought oh we could have a, a fuck ton of people here you know because we have really exciting candidates but that wasn't the case mm. according to the numbers that they showed yeah. so there is there's a problem that the dnc is not addressing with their candidates and that's the there's no one who is inspiring people in the way that the one candidate that i'm partial to that i keep you know driving home this isn't a, a an impartial show i'm sorry guys i i can't
1: says wearing a math hat (laughs) yeah
0: i'm wearing my math hat because i yeah this is how we roll
1: yeah i don't know i i i vacillate between feeling optimistic and then feeling like we're gonna get four more years of this yeah
0: so think about this let's let's talk about another candidate and i'll segue into this how can anyone get excited about joe biden
1: i don't know I don't know. There's no the man looks like like a walking skeleton. He's
0: so tired, man. He's he's just rambling and and
1: Sam and I were talking about that. He sounds like Trump.
0: He's old and
1: incoherent. Like there are times when I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? I'm worried. Like no one Yeah. yeah, It's gonna be like it's gonna be the same thing, the same concerns of having someone that old. Yeah. In the highest office in the land,
0: and let's consider this: uh, in spite of his achievements and and Biden in particular, this this applies to Sanders too because they're both fucking up there. And Bloomberg, you know, God forbid, he he actually Bloomberg. he's he's seventy seven or something like that. And he's
1: see, but that's the thing, okay? Not every seventy eight year old has the same mental capacity, okay? Yeah. Bernie Sanders never sounds incoherent. Mike, I've heard Mike Bloomberg talk. Doesn't sound incoherent. Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren never sounds incoherent. Yeah, they are sharp as tacks. Joe Biden, he sounds he's like going. he's got one foot in the grave. Like it, it's yeah. there's a difference.
0: So let's let's consider the larger problem again. Addressing oh, there it is. Furnace. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Furnace. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Buy a furnace. Stay warm in the Please winter. Please support our sponsors. Please support our sponsors. So consider this, okay? how fucking ridiculous is it that if one of these main candidates gets elected, there's a possibility that you might get into a situation where they're only going to be one term because for whatever reason they can't handle it or they will die in office. So the VP position is going to be monumental for those campaigns, because if you have somebody who is who has one foot in the grave and I'm sorry to be crass about it what's going to happen? You know, How are you, again, engaging people to have faith in somebody to pave the way for not just four years but eight years because that's really what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. We're looking at somebody who is viable. Yeah, who is going to be viable for not just the fucking DNC but for the entire country for eight years. Yeah. That's the goal. That should be the goal is to try to get somebody who can steer the ship in the right way for and that not amount just of time. Get,
1: and not just get elected.
0: Right. Okay. Right. Yeah.
1: Obama got elected for eight years. Yeah. And guess what? Not that much got done.
0: Healthcare in a half ass kind of way. And this is the the one thing that I do want to talk about with with Bernie at this time regarding Bernie, because I can't fucking call him up and say, hey, Bernie, <laughs> <what>? let's <laughs> let's, let's clear hanging? some shit. Yeah, yeah. let's Oof. let's clear some shit right now. This is the one thing, the bone that I have to pick with Bernie right now. Um, we need to flip not just the presidency, but we need to flip Congress, mm-hmm. the, the House, and the Senate. Yeah. Right. To well, get anything done in the way that Bernie wants it done. Yeah. And you know me, you know yourself. We were a hundred percent with Bernie at in, this in at 2016, that time. Yeah, in yeah. twenty sixteen. So using the Obama example of of health care, mm-hmm. he wanted to that was his flagship thing that he was gonna do. Obamacare. Exists now, and mm-hmm. that's a wonderful thing. That's sure. great because more people are getting covered. I didn't mean to diminish, but the but, successes of the Obama administration. Right, but but I want to get to your point or validate your point because I think it's a really good one. It didn't get done in the way that it had to be done mm-hmm. to be fully successful for the long term. It's what they considered a foundation for another Democrat to come in and expand on it, right. make it better. That's really the agenda that that the main DNC wants to do now. Which fine, whatever you know. Let's try to make it better. Work with what we have, fine. But consider what Bernie would want to do now, which is implement universal, or I guess it's Medicare, Medicare for, for all. all, Medicare for all. <laughs> and I I love the the just the discussion of of this. That how are we supposed to make that happen? When there's a good chance that we won't flip the Senate or we won't flip the the House mm-hmm. with this kind of disengaged, you know, voter situation that we got going on. How is that going to happen? How is that feasible? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of Bernie supporters or, or at least, you know, a handful of people who are making these decisions have to consider how are we going to do this with a Republican Senate? The Senate, the Senate can't
1: be Republican. Exactly. I mean, so
0: it's a it's a two piece thing. Yeah, you got the presidency, but how are you going to do anything done?
1: Well, the the thing, the trend tends to be that when a Republican president comes, okay, so when a new party comes in after the incumbent leaves office, it's generally the pendulum swings the other direction, Generally. generally, and so if a Democrat was to be elected this time around because that's sort of how the pendulum mm-hmm. should be swinging may yeah. not happen but could be swinging um that could mean that the pendulum in the senate could also swing the other direction however it could also swing you know so let's say the, uh, theoretically bernie gets elected in 2020 mm-hmm. and the senate is flipped great that's 4 years of cooperation that could be good mm-hmm. however in 4 years in 2024 the odds of the pendulum going the other direction with such a uh, progressive left candidate is much higher. So it's just sort of a, um, a pitfall of such a starkly two-party system. Yeah. Um, And such a starkly polarized two-party system um so to think that electing a democratic president is going to solve all our problems is naive
0: yeah and it's it's yeah you're you're spot on with that um and i just think we have to be honest about our candidates too i mean we let's let's look at yeah i mean there's really no other way to say it i mean we we have to be honest with with these candidates and I don't think that they'll be able to achieve the things that they want to achieve.
1: Yeah. Now if they can even get
0: elected. Right. Right. Now considering like say Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. No, if, if we want to move on to, to the next one, I, I just think, I don't even think she'll get near the presidency mm-hmm. because, why of, do you think that again, just kind of exploring The baggage of each one of these candidates. They they are not palatable to the moderates, the people in the middle, and they don't have a wide enough support from the left to get people to vote. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Warren is a peculiar example, in my opinion, because she hits all the right notes in terms of message and what she wants to do. But I I fundamentally believe that this Native American thing, this Pocahontas scenario or debacle that she had with with the president, is is gonna come back and ruin everything mm. because she doesn't have a way to dismantle that. I don't believe that the general public is is going to to be patient enough for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you know what happened right like yeah. with the, the
1: He kept calling her Pocahontas and then she did some sort of DNA test and was like, I'm one 64th Native American or something. Right.
0: So uh, I just, I feel like there's baggage. There's baggage with each and every one of these guys. And um, if, if you don't mind, I mean, just thinking about uh, Pete Buttigieg and their shit that's going to come out about how he handled police brutality in South Bend. That's just kind of waiting to happen if he, if he gets to, you know, to be the main top tier candidate right now um he doesn't have any like minority support Mm -hmm. whatsoever and that's been his achilles heeled and the reason that he did so well in iowa was because there's no
1: brown or black people there
0: i mean it's it's that's the reality that we're looking at so why what's the problem you got to look deeper you got to look yeah closer at the candidates i
1: read something or listened to something i can't remember but they were essentially saying like You know, talking about baggage, about Mm -hmm. things that candidates bring with them to elections. Yeah. And they were talking about specifically about John Kerry and how he's a veteran. Mm -hmm. And Bush is a draft dodger, essentially. Oh, yeah. And they, the Republicans somehow managed to flip that narrative. Yeah. And they made Kerry look like a crazy, you know... I don't know, like Vietnam vet who bad-mouthed the troops. I can't remember. They made him out to be a coward. Right. They made him out to be a coward and they made out Bush to be a a military hero. How did they do that?
0: Because they take the narrative by the balls and they do what they want with it, which is what fucking lacks in the democratic establishment
1: right now. So they were saying like, that's going to happen. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no doubt that that is going to happen this you know time it. around. So, so I don't, I honestly don't think that you can, you can choose a candidate that they couldn't do that too. But
0: babe, realistically, let's, let's, is there a way to lessen the blow?
1: Sure. But that's not to say that that person is going to be the right candidate just because they don't so, have baggage. This
0: is, this is documented. This shit is real. The reason that Donald Trump has not tweeted anything negative about Andrew Yang is because he's fucking terrified of him. Mm. His staff has been recorded. There's a recording that states that Donald Trump is fearing the outsider because he can pin it in terms of narrative on the Democratic establishment, like Buttigieg even to some degree, Warren. Oh, holy shit, Oscar. (laughs) Oscar. He's going to town he's in the basement. Oh, poor buddy. Are you okay?
1: He's, scared he's of, fine. He's scared of that thing on the floor. He what thing? A, I don't know that plastic thing. Okay, anyway. whatever.
0: <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying? Like the the because the, he's they're not, established he's politicians. Not, he's not part of the DNC, and he's not a politician. DM, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quote unquote.
1: Well, that and I mean clearly he's afraid of Biden because he's the front runner. He was but.
0: not anymore. Not anymore. Biden shat the bed in Iowa. <laughs> yeah. He was he was like fourth place. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, And, and to be it honest. was pretty bad for yeah. somebody who was vice president. Mm-hmm. So I think his campaign might end unless he gets a boost in the in the next couple of states. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the point being here is they're terrified of him because they don't have anything honest. to combat him with, mm-hmm. and he has he has enough of a of of a message that rings true to a lot of republicans too.
1: Yeah.
0: And the way that he's presenting it, he's the only one who's been to Fox News several times and has left them you know with with a really good kind of impression.
1: Mm-hmm. He was also um, championing um, letting Fox News host a host Democratic a debate. debate.
0: Him and Bernie have been the only two who've who have been on the and the DNC refuse. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I'm just I'm just stating the fact of of the situation. Yeah, we may love the policies of one candidate versus the other, but we have to be realistic about how the narrative is going to be spun because that's one thing that Democrats suck at mm-hmm. is taking the narrative by the balls and doing something mm-hmm. with it anything. Now the president after the impeachment is, is, has a more favorable rating than he did before the fucking thing. Yeah. So what, what happened? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. It's, it's a complicated thing and, and, um, this is just one person's opinion, but I, I do believe that Yang is the strongest candidate. I
1: still think that there is a strong possibility that Yang could be a vice presidential candidate. And if that's the case, he could have some sway.
0: Oh, for sure. Especially if one of them croaks, you know, halfway through the presidency. He
1: could, you know, he, I mean, he's not the only candidate that is now talking about UBI. Okay. Because fucking
0: Pete Buttigieg keeps stealing all of his ideas. But
1: Andrew Yang has made that happen.
0: Oh, exactly.
1: He's changed the narrative. Yeah,
0: but I don't want anyone to implement fucking UBI unless it's Andrew Yang because they're <laughs> gonna fuck it up. They're gonna fuck everything up. <laughs> Just like Pete Buttigieg said, But you don't think a vice president
1: homework. has the power to influence a president?
0: Well, listen, the only beneficial thing is like if Andrew Yang were to take a, a VP role, it would be to learn the ropes under somebody like like Biden. I really hope to God it's not Biden. Yeah. But they were getting real like you know real close during the last debate you know like they they get along okay so i think that they're kind of vying for that kind of I don't situation think, i don't
1: think biden's the only one he could get along with but and yeah. i think warren has showed interest and i think bernie too
0: but... warren's going for castro warren's going to have castro as vp or or somebody like mm-hmm. that because they i don't know castro like the day after he quit he was like ah warren mm-hmm. i want to go there Mm-hmm i want to go to there i don't know why but that's that's fine yeah that's another thing but you know it <clears throat> coming back to the point i'll still vote blue vote blue <laughs> it's the glue glue <laughs> this this uh this segment is brought to you by this drink and the sponsor we wish we had and that is um las caras wines and we're enjoying uh what's the name of the wine glue 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 glue.
1: (laughs) it's a red like a marlowe it's a
0: red and it gets the job done as you can tell by the way i'm speaking (laughs) so yeah there there's that i'm gonna vote no matter what because it's it's what we have to do (laughs) it's the right thing to do even though there's a good chance our my effing candidate may not be Mm -hmm. may not be the one we got to do the right thing yeah but i'm I am disgruntled because the d n c just keeps shooting itself in the foot. They might as well get their n r a card. They're ready
1: i uh I had a thought the other day, and I'm sure I'm not the first one to have this thought, and I'm sure it sounds conspiratorial and i like, lo- you know I love conspiracy like, i please, don't I really please don't go for it, but I almost sometimes feel like. It's all the same thing, and there's no allegiance to anyone and absolutely the d n c is just trying to keep certain people in power, and it doesn't really care that they're possibly going to choose a non viable candidate.
0: You know I believe this. I just, I just don't want to like, I like have, say it. I have feelings too many sometimes times.
1: where I'm like, why else would they be doing this like why? To what end could they be sabotaging certain candidates and pushing forward candidates that clearly can't win, i.e., 2016, mm-hmm. and and just letting it ha- and and making it happen?
0: But it's it's the favoritism that we've always know have always known from the DNC, which is this one is groomed, this one is primed to go. It's their turn.
1: I just think it's like it's like an elitist system Mm -hmm. and they want the elite at the top
0: well yeah i mean the
1: ones they've chosen
0: hundreds of millions of people and the clintons and the bushes are really the only ones that we got so we got to choose from from those two let's call it good right i mean what the fuck yeah really this is this is democracy i refuse to believe that i refuse to accept the bullshit that the dnc is dishing out
1: Again, because they're in on it. I mean, I don't. I don't like conspiring. I don't like being conspiratorial. But sometimes it's hard not to feel that way. Yeah, that it's not all just a big fucking show, and nothing we do matters. And they're going to choose whoever they're going to choose, and make it look like we chose them. But
0: this is the thing: is they want you to believe that they want you to get so demoralized that you give up on the system completely, and they will be left alone to do their their own thing. That's the goal. (sighs) and they're winning they're succeeding i succeeding i mean if you really think about it that all that winning and making america great again it is for them Mm -hmm. left and right at the very very top that is what they're there for and what they want to keep doing so let's hope that we can fuck it up for them so go out and vote people please go out vote yeah educate yourselves
1: (laughs) Don't be ignorant.
0: Don't don't be ignorant, please, please. So with that said, let's glad that we got that off our chest. Let's move on to the final topic of the night, which is one that I've been really excited to talk about. Now that we're done with it, it is
1: The Mandalorian. The
0: Mandalorian. Not the man and DeLorean put together. (laughs) I saw that meme and I I saved it. And it was beautiful. It was a wonderful, (laughs) wonderful thing. So we went through the eight episodes. It took us four months. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we would but, we would watch a couple uh, and then leave it for a month. The hottest
0: show on streaming television. Yeah. And it took us four fucking months, whereas it took some people a weekend. But here we are. Mm-hmm. The Mandalorian was a wonderful, exciting show, and I can't get enough of
1: it. Yeah, it was great. I I'm never that excited about Star Wars anything. Yeah. And it was engaging and exciting and heartfelt and funny and yeah it had everything
0: yeah and it proves the point that all they had to do was break out of the old narratives of of the you know skywalkers and this or that and do something within the world but have it be a new family a new conflict a new something and build on the riches of of that world and that's where when Star Wars gets really successful, instead of rehashing the same old mm-hmm. shit, so The Mandalorian was incredibly successful in that. I thought. Um, let's let's do a, a couple of your favorite things that you that you liked about the show. Hmm. I can I can I start if you're thinking about okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Item number one, two, and three, Werner Herzog. Holy (laughs) shit. Werner Herzog got me to watch The Mandalorian, and I was so down to enjoy his amazing, terrifying presence. (laughs) And you could see he was loving that shit. He was loving being that character. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love the story where (laughs) they wanted to make Baby Yoda uh, CGI, CGI, and he just pretty much was like, don't be coward yeah like <laughs> leave like, it the yeah. puppet like, don't be coward like, yeah yeah
0: i oh god i would love to take his film class he has a film like, like a six month class film course called rogue film school and you just shoot the shit with him for like six months or something mm-hmm. and that just sounds incredible to me but mm-hmm. he's a he's a hero of mine mm-hmm. and i think he did a wonderful job and all my, like now that i look back on it it's got Werner Herzog and Carl Weathers. <laughs> what the hell, man? Yeah. yeah. And he was great. He grew, you know, in into more importance mm-hmm. as as the show went on, and I thought that he he did a wonderful job too.
1: Yeah. Um we were talking about um feeling really good about the fact that Pedro Pascal, who plays the Mandalorian, Yeah. is a Latino man. He's Chilean and he is yeah. a, he is a hell of a lead. And yeah. that man axe his ass off with no face like you don't see his face ever right and um it's incredible what he's able to do
0: yeah and his body language with that he i you could tell exactly kind of like what they were taking from a lot of that it was almost like a like a western kind of influence so the mandalorian kind of fit that mold of the you know the the cowboy Mm -hmm. who is very much like the strong independent strong silent lead but it was it was revamped for the star wars world Mm -hmm. so it was really awesome to see a latino man doing that Mm -hmm. and and i told you today when we saw the last episode i got a little a little like that giddiness you know that you get from something really exciting happening and when uh, should I reveal what happens in the last yeah. episode? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. we we'll, spoil we'll Tag it the shit if, if you want to skip People, ahead. It was four months ago. Well, for we fuck's just sake. finished it. Yeah, so <laughs> it's fine. When when they reveal his face, yeah. because the for the whole length of the series, you don't know what he looks like, mm-hmm. and that's sort of like a big mystery. And that you see way. you see him, and you're like. That's my shit right there. Yeah. I'm so happy. I'm yeah. so excited. But representation, man. I mean, it's it's a wonderful, beautiful thing, and and for kids to see, for kids of color to see a Latino lead, mm-hmm. uh, is is an amazing thing. Much like what Diego Luna did when he was in Rogue One. Yeah. And having that impact for like the a universal community of of moviegoers is a really really kick ass thing. Yeah. And he did a great job. It's now not just that alien from...
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's not the only one.
0: It went in the ventilation (laughs) shaft. Fuck that guy. I don't know what they were doing, but you know, we had to hold on to that because we didn't have much else. (laughs) There was a lowrider cameo in... uh, what the fuck was that one? I think that it was, was the Phantom Menace. That was the Phantom Menace. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Look it up. It's funny.
0: <laughs> George Lucas snickering in yeah. a corner going, Oh, it's gonna be so good with the Mexicans. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna eat the shit up.
1: <laughs> uh, uh,
0: yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But okay, so so thing number two that I that I loved about the Mandalorian. Let's see. I have so many things. So many things. Um I would say the the narrative, just as a whole, it it was it was fun and and light in a good way, you know. Like you you there was tension, there mm-hmm. was a lot of like like danger. You didn't know what was going to happen next, but you had a feeling that things were going to turn out in the end. And I think that that's kind of the feeling that I got from the original Star Wars movies, where there was just there's a feeling that the good guys who were going to succeed because it followed that kind of like big idea of good versus evil Mm -hmm. and and there's just a lot of hope Mm -hmm. in it and i enjoyed feeling that way throughout i could actually just sit back and enjoy Mm -hmm. what was going on and um yeah
1: it was almost like no matter what was thrown at the mandalorian you knew somehow he was gonna pull it out yeah yeah and even though like that can sometimes be like oh like you know like james bond always comes out okay Mm -hmm. even if he gets the shit kicked out of him you know (laughs) but like it still kind of gets you through it because you're able to be like oh but like he's the good guy so this is you know yeah it's exciting but at least you know that he's going to come out on top
0: yeah and before i forget um bill burr cameo
1: yeah bill burr
0: you want to take that one for one of your favorite things oh
1: i love bill burr there were so many great cameos in, mm-hmm. this, in this series, Brian Posehn.
0: Brian Posehn, like Bill in the first Burr, 30 minutes.
1: Tyka ytd Taika Waititi. He's not a cameo. He was more central.
0: Yeah, he was pretty big deal. Um, Nick Nolte was the the one dude, which was surprising. Which one? Um, Quill. Quill.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. right.
0: So, he was very good. Yeah, there were so great... Giancarlo Yeah, that who was is, awesome. He was scary as hell in he that, was. too. He was.
1: He's really good at being scary. Oh. See, and... and
0: this highlights the acting too. Yeah. So let's give a shout out to the acting. I think that one gets a tink. And do you want to actually tink to? Yeah, the we haven't other tinked to anything. So we're gonna tink to. Um, Date nights. We're not gonna tink to the Iowa caucus or any of this this shit, except for Andrew Yang. I'm gonna tink to that. Okay. So that's two tinks, and then we can tink one more at the end. Okay. What do you think? That's good. Okay. But the acting in The Mandalorian absolutely superb and. Yeah, amazing. I was really
1: impressed by Billy Rednuts. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Burr. Bill. <laughs> but he's um Who calls him
0: that who Tom. Uh, Tom Tom yeah, Segura. Tom Segura. <laughs> <Billy>.
1: um,
0: <laughs> I'm sure oh he's not the God. only one that calls him that. I could
1: hear Joey Diaz calling him that too. But Yeah, he calls him other things too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, God, I love Bill Burr. Like he's such yeah. a good character actor. Um yeah i don't know i just thought it, there were so many fun and like brian Posehn is like a huge star wars fan and so yeah. he was like losing his mind that he got to be in it
0: and well in the universe you know you yeah. you feel like you're you're kind of joining a, a mm-hmm. special league of of great talent who's yeah. who's been a part of that and i mean look back you start with alec guinness harrison ford uh
1: you're part of a uh, yeah a very like honorable group of yeah. people, and even
0: in the new ones, I mean Liam Neeson, Ewan mm-hmm. McGregor, Samuel L. Jackson.
1: Yeah, say what you will about the prequels, but yeah, Frank some, Oz, some star power.
0: Yeah, a lot of. We could keep going on that, but um, <laughs> the the one takeaway though is they they really props to Jon Favreau for for crafting something that fucking works a narrative that fucking pays off so good where you can tell that the pieces are there for something that's going to be like a bang right at the end yeah. you know that's going to be explosive and not just in the in the action part of it but in the way that that the emotional part of it is is completed or or resolute you mm-hmm. know where the background of the mandalorian totally fits and justifies why he did the things he did, and that mystery just kind of like drapes over you right at the end when you when you get that final piece of information that it it makes the whole thing all the more worth it, mm-hmm. where you say everything that he did was was just right because of what happened to him mm-hmm. and I was so glad to to kind of see that it paid off in the way that it did mm-hmm. that was really cool, yeah, yeah, so
1: and fucking baby Yoda like yeah, I know that's not what he is baby. But- Yoda. He's baby, whatever race that is. Right. They can't right. seem to name. Um <laughs> it's just like it's there's so many like tender moments between the Mandalorian and the baby. Yeah. And like, you know, he's the Mandalorian is terrifying. He's a mercenary. Yeah. He is a killer. He's a trained killer. And to see him like slaughter a room full of stormtroopers and then be so tender putting the baby like in this little <laughs> pram and stuff and you know the yeah. baby like likes the little ball on his yeah. um yeah in his ship and he like gives the baby the ball and yeah. it's just like these such sweet moments between the two of them and eventually you see like he's not just doing it out of obligation he's doing it out of love right and you know he actually cares for the thing and and um it's just really sweet to see that like evolution
0: mm-hmm. um, i i was thoroughly thoroughly pleased um, but i was hoping that he would go back to that planet to to you know meet the love of his of his life yeah. but i, that, I was yeah. just being sappy about it i really mm-hmm. wanted i really wanted him to find love he's he's got a kid to raise now so she and... wanted it that's for sure <laughs> There was a lot of eye, uh, you know, like tension. romantic tension on that Not one Not a lot time. of eye
1: contact, but, you know, he can't. He's well, wearing you, a helmet. You know, but
0: <laughs> You could feel it because he's that good of an actor. He was just like burning through that fucking helmet. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> um, it it was just a, a really great show. Yeah. I had a wonderful time watching that it's, show. It
1: I think, I mean, of all the, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff on Disney Plus, but. You know, I thought that was like a really daring thing to do, to to venture out away from the main plot, the main story, and right. to create something wholly its own, Yeah, and for it to be that successful and Which, that good.
0: in my opinion, is the shit they should have been doing with the new Star mm-hmm. Wars movies, front and center, just... Yeah. Do something new. Do something exciting that that gets people on their feet and get, gets them thrilled about it. But there's fear. I mean, there's a lot of fear when a property is that big to do something. That's why they only trust star power like fucking Jon Favreau to come in and say, you know what? Fuck your mm-hmm. you know, old stuff. I'm going to do something new and exciting. And that's why we got The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. I can't wait for the next season. I hope they continue it. And I hope that he goes to that planet to hook up with that one girl (laughs) um, because it's the love of his life. And they're going to be very, very happy together. I know this. It's going to be great. Um, I think we should tink to that. Tink Mm -hmm. to the Mandalorian. How long have we been going? We've been going for one hour and some change. So we're going to change it up and close this thing up. Is there anything that you'd like to say?
1: Um next can i kind of preview what we yeah, want to talk yeah, about yeah let's next do episode? this because it's been a while so the next episode you know we had quite a bit to talk about because we hadn't podcasted in a while so some of the other things we wanted to talk about next time we talked we mentioned that we were watching the marvelous mrs mazel which yes. is an amazon prime original show um by the time we podcast again hopefully we will have finished the third season Possibly.
0: I think that we should we should put this out like in the next day or so and then in the middle of the week put out the other one. Okay. We'll try. Okay. We're gonna try real hard. Well,
1: even if we haven't finished it, we can still talk about it. Okay. Um and I also want to talk about a book I finished recently called Circe by Madeline Miller. It's a reimagining, a retelling of Greek mythology through the eyes of Circe the Witch. So it was incredible. It was literally one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. And that that's a that's a big <laughs> statement for me. So, yeah. um, thank you, Chris, for suggesting it. Yeah. Um, and I also have her other book, The Song of Achilles, in my hands now that I'm also going to read. So double feature. Yeah. So other than that, that's kind of what we're. Li- I and mean, we might talk about the Oscars in more detail in the next episode we'll once everything. Mostly goes. to talk shit. Well, I don't Mostly know. Mostly to talk <laughs> shit. I don't know. I I'm so out of the loop. Yeah. We might be able to catch the end. I don't know if it's over.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll go and check that out. But I hope that you guys have a wonderful, wonderful time. And I really miss podcasting.
1: Yeah, we need to not go so long without doing it, Um, guys. Please subscribe, rate, and review. If you would like, send us an email at ourkidsasleep at gmail dot com.
0: And stay tuned because the next one is going to be a Valentine's Day episode. Mm -hmm. Because we're we're getting there. A couple more days. I love you, Madeline.
1: It's going to be great.
0: All right, I'm turning this shit off.
1: (laughs) Good night.